Excellent. So, 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 how are we doing for time? Great. Running out of it. That's good. Um, so I hope that you can forgive me. I, I promised some guest speakers this week. We were supposed to be joined by my dear friends, um, Sam and Jason Wiley, who were going to come. They're from Wiltshire. They were going to come and share with us today. And it's been in the diary for months and months. And wouldn't you know, they've got COVID. I'm like, come on. COVID, really? Really still messing things up? So um, I found out that they wouldn't be able to come on Wednesday at lunchtime. And I looked at my diary and I thought, I have exactly zero time to prepare something for Sunday. So welcome everybody to Sunday. Can you tell why I've really taken my time to get to this stage? Here we are. Um, there's also one very important reason why all of my time has been eaten. There should be a picture coming up on the screen. Look at that lovely puppy dog. So should we just coo at him for a minute? There he is. That's Ralph. So we picked up Ralph on Friday. And so I basically had a choice. Do I want to play with the new puppy or write something for Sunday? I'm sure you'll agree I've made the right choice. Um, anyway, let's see how, where we end up, shall we? So what I've done is I have prepared what I consider to be the bones of today's little talky bit. And what I would really love is if you guys bring the meat. Okay, so what I've done is I've kind of got a little bit of a structure, but the reason I'm sat so near to you today is because I want us to have a conversation. How does that sound? This is the kind of thing that we normally do in our, in our home groups. You know, we'll kind of throw something out there, we'll read some of the Bible together, we'll ask the Holy Spirit to speak through us. And so I'm going to kind of guide us into something here, and we're literally just going to see where we end up. So if you're a slightly more confident person, I would really love to hear from you a lot today. How does that sound? And if you're a bit more introverted and you don't want to say anything, that's also fine. You don't have to do that either. So, um, I have been grumpy this week, despite getting a dog. Has anybody else been grumpy this week? Yes. Why have you been grumpy, please? Why have you been grumpy? You don't have to share if you don't want to. <laughs> just, just always grumpy. Becky, why have you been grumpy this week? Any particular reason? Job applications. Job applications. So many so many forms. Yeah, that is miserable. Um, yeah, I've been, I was wondering why have I been grumpy this week, and I think I know what it is. I think it's because it's March. Now, I don't like March because March does a bait and switch on me every single year. You go into the first week of March, and it's like, hey, look at these snowbells. Look at these daffodils. Spring is here! And we're like, yes, it's spring. And then we have this weather, and it's like cold. It's colder than it's been for ages, and it's wet. March is just miserable. I'm just grumpy because I'm fed up of winter, and I feel like March has, I've, I've never learned. March does this every year. It fills you with hope, and then it just goes, so anyway, I'm grumpy because I'm fed up of March. But as I was reading this passage for this week, we have been working as a church through the book of John, and we're currently on John chapters 15 and 16. And Jesus talks in the first part of chapter 15 about being fruitful. He talks about fruit. And so in my mind, all week, I've just been playing like a time lapse of like apple trees coming into blossom and like the leaves coming out and I'm like, come on, it's coming. I'm imagining the day when those tiny little apples start appearing on the Kiri's nodding. Air five, my friend, you are so with you right now. Um, and so I've just been like channeling spring images to be like, come on, it's coming. Fruitful times are coming. Um, so just to kind of orientate us in the story, where we are at the moment, um, we're in the last week of Jesus' life. Jesus is talking with his disciples, um, and he's kind of giving them his parting words. He's talking to them about how they're going to conduct themselves as a group after he's gone. Um, 
So he actually does this for chapters and chapters. It's really beautiful. He talks an awful lot about love and unity. Um, but we're going to read the first bit of chapter 15 today. Um, so what I'd really like to do is if somebody would come and read for me. Does anybody want to come and read? If you've got a Bible or a phone with a Bible, it would be great if it wasn't just my voice. Yes, well done. Do you want to come and read to us? So we're in chapter 15, um, and we're going to read verse 1 to 8. Okay, that's two people. I need one more. Who else wants to come and read? My poor dad got volunteered last time, so who else is going to come and read for us? Yes, Sarah, thank you. Very good. Come up the front if you don't mind, and I'll hold the microphone for you. Come on up, Becky. So what we're going to do um, is Becky's going to read this to us, and I just want you to listen to what's going on in your head and your heart, because when these guys are finished, I'm going to ask you what was occurring to you. What did you notice? What about these two readings really jumped out to you? Uh, and we're going to share that together. Okay? So, Becky, go first. Reading from the message version. I am the real vine, and my father is the farmer. Face the crowd. He cuts off every branch of me that doesn't bear grapes. And every branch that is grape-bearing, he prunes back so it will bear even more. You are already pruned back by the message I have spoken. Live in me. Make your home in me, just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch cannot bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine, you cannot bear fruit unless you are joined to me. I am the vine, you are the branches. When you are joined to me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you cannot produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is deadwood, gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. But if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home with you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my father shows who he is. When you produce grapes, you're, you're mature as my disciples. Thanks, Becky. So could you do verse 1 to 8, please? Okay. Tim, hold the mic. Thank you. <clears throat> this is the New Living Translation. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Thank you, Sarah. Okay, so we don't often read out a big chunk like that, do we? Well, we might, we might do a, on a home group night. Um, and 
we quite often read two back to back just like that because I find that when you read them just like that you'll find that maybe a different translation will say it slightly differently but normally the same bit will stick out to you that's certainly my experience um, it's now your turn so as that was being read what was jumping out to you did anybody have anything that had occurred to them maybe that was completely new to you and you'd heard something you'd never heard before uh, or maybe you've heard it loads of times and there was something new that jumped out just stick your hand up if you want to say something and I'll come running towards you with the mic I didn't like the bit where they said cutting off stuff. I didn't like that. I don't, yeah. <laughs> Just that. Oh, no. I didn't like that bit either. Anybody else? Yes. Yeah, off, off the back of that, the idea of, um, like, growth being focused. So, like, pr the idea of pruning, of, like, cutting off in order to produce is really, like, counter in my mind because I'm like all growth is good um, but the idea of like cutting stuff off in order to to focus growth kind of struck me and I was like oh I don't really know what to make of that like where's where am I being focused or whatever or whatever yeah I thought a similar thing it's um, you'd think if there was if you had lots of vines and uh, <clears throat> sorry lots of branches and uh, some of them were bearing fruit, you'd think, oh yeah, we'll leave those and we'll cut back the ones that aren't. But no, if you, you actually prune the ones that are fruiting, prune them. And that's, to, to me, that's kind of counterintuitive. You, you wouldn't do that because they're the ones that are producing the fruit. But then you know that this is how you produce even more fruit. Uh, something that jumped out at me that I've never noticed before is that bit where it says um, you have already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. So maybe, maybe this pruning's like already happened instead of it because it's already there. And, uh, and then the amount of times it says remain in me in the rest of the passage is like uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, like something like nine times. Um, and maybe, maybe for me, like that is, that that's what it's saying is is that it's done, and so now focus what remains of you in me. <laughs> so, so don't worry about that bit. Thing cut off because you don't need that anymore, and the growth is going to come from here. Um, yeah. It, it all tied up for me thinking about fruit and fruit of the Spirit in us. And that, I know, is not the only way to understand this, but it is a way that connects in terms of the, the transforming of our lives as we remain in Christ and Christ, um, the Spirit, transforms us and transforms us and our life becomes more Christ-like and fruit in the fruit of likeness in the spirit, love, joy, peace, etc. Um, and other things in us fall away then and we conform. Um, 
Thank you for sharing what you did, Kiri, because that's exactly how I thought. Um, and my immediate reaction, I don't know if this was shared by anyone, was, oh no, I've been pruned. I don't feel like I have much fruit, and I've already been pruned. That doesn't feel right. Um, and that was my immediate conflict. I don't know if that's shared by anyone. <laughs> I was sort of thinking, um, oh no, perhaps I should try and work a bit harder at remaining in me in that part of the passage because I might get pruned. That's scary and I'm not being very fruitful, so maybe I'll need to work a bit harder. But then as Diane was speaking then, I was sort of thinking, you know the way grapevines like intertwine and grow up different things? I was like, there's at least a little bit clinging back on to the main branch here and whatever else is growing elsewhere and trying to cling on to other things, maybe I need to let some things be pruned so that I can more actively get more of my growth back from my roots and where they should come from because, you know, that would be better and then I would be more fruitful. Yeah, good. Yeah. I guess I've always linked for some reason, fruitful with successful. And so when it says you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me, I've always kind of put that as you cannot be successful unless you remain in me, which if you look in our secular world, like that just isn't true. You see so many successful people who have no faith or no relationship. And I think that's just, it must in my head be like, wow, this fruitful definition is so different to what I'm expecting it or what I think it should be. Um, so yeah, that just stuck out to me. Which leads me seamlessly on to the next part of my notes. Thank you, John. I will pay you later. Um, so for me, uh, as I was kind of reading this and preparing this, this really kind of jumped out to me, these verses, partially because most of my career I've been a gardener. So any kind of horticultural metaphor in the Bible, I'm instantly vibing with that, and I love it. It's great. Um, but also because... Um, one of the reasons I asked Sam and Jason to come and speak to us today um, was because Sam is my spiritual director. And that's exactly right. That look is exactly right. Um, and, and we have been in the... And so Sam has been kind of leading me through uh, particularly this verse and this concept for the last couple of years. Now, Becky just did this face at me. Um, which is exactly the right face. Because when I say spiritual director, some of you go, hmm. And most of you go, eh, what's one of them? Um, and that's exactly what my reaction was two years ago when I had not heard of a spiritual director either. But basically, a spiritual director is somebody who just kind of helps you and walks with you for a little while um, in your relationship with Jesus and kind of speaks into where you're at and how you're doing. And it's really, I found it to be very beneficial. Um, now, there's lots of um, professionals that you can pay to speak into your life these days. Um, there's counsellors and coaches and mentors, and, and spiritual direction is kind of like another one of those. So to just make sure we're all on the same page, and I haven't just said something weird, somebody said something very helpful to me once to kind of differentiate between these different experts that will speak into your life. So just imagine you're down a well. There you are, down at the bottom of a well. Um, a counsellor or a therapist will come along and stick their head down the well and say, tell me, how did you get down that well? Talk to me about that. Um, a coach, no, sorry, a mentor will say, ah, I was stuck down a well once. This is how I got out of it. Um, a coach will say, right, you're stuck down a well. How are you going to get out of it? And a spiritual director will come along and say, what's Jesus doing with you whilst you're down in that well? <laughs> So they don't necessarily want to say anything about how you're going to get out of the situation you find yourself in, but they're just very aware that whilst you're stuck down that well, Jesus will be speaking to you. So they just help you to kind of hear that. Um, so that is who Sam is to me. 
And we have been kind of living in this little section for a little while because I can really resonate with what John just shared with us, that my definition of fruitfulness is success. It's kind of like worldly success. It's like being successful, being perceived by the world as successful. And I've just found there's a little bit of kind of uh, like a disjoint between what I think Jesus is actually speaking about here um, and what the world would talk about in terms of being fruitful. So why don't we just take a couple of minutes with the people around us and let's just pick at that for a little while. What does the world kind of, uh, what does the world mm, articulate success and fruitfulness as? Like what does it mean to have a fruitful life? What does it mean to you and what do you think it means to the world? That's not exactly what the slide is going to say but let's just kind of pick at that and then we'll feed back and we'll see where we go. So find some friendly looking people around you. Gloucester Vineyard folks, make sure everybody's included um, and then we'll come back and we'll feed back in about two minutes time. Go. Okay, let's hear from some of you guys. So, um, talk to me. Talk to me about fruitfulness. What does fruitfulness mean to you? What do you think it looks like in your life? What do you think it might look like in the world? Who's got something they want to say? What was discussed in your groups? Yeah? Well, the obvious litany, you know, something that you're productively doing that can be viewed in society money, position, education. By no means bad things in themselves, all good stuff. Anybody else got anything to add? I'm sure you guys all had similar kind of conversations. I think it, for me, is like a sphere of influence. Is there people that I can speak to where my voice or my word can carry weight? And whether that's at work or family or home, wherever, am I, does what I say carry kind of extra weight anybody else yes <laughs> yeah what we've got is it's not about the money but about loving our neighbor and looking out for other people being kind to other people mm-hmm. yeah so, I mean, really quick question, and just like by way of show of hands, who, who here would like to live a fruitful life? Yes, I personally would. Anybody here like to not live a not fruitful life, a life that bears no fruits? Okay, um, yes, that's, that's as I suspected. Um, so, I, whilst all of us will have kind of, some of us will be more motivated, somebody, some of us will be kind of easier, would find it easier to articulate what we might like that fruit to be and look like. I think all of us can agree that we all want our lives to count for something. We all want our lives to matter in some way, to have some kind of fruit, to have some kind of output. Um, and yeah, I'm like, you, you might often have those conversations. Like if you ever do engage with a coach, they'll be like, what do you want to see written on your tombstone? Which is a really, really good question. Like, where do you want to be in a year's time? Like, articulate that to me. Um, and that, that kind of thing is, is, is really helpful. Um, but the reason why I've been kind of walking through this with Sam is because I've kind of identified this tendency within myself where I've kind of identified the kind of fruit that I want to see. And it's not necessarily in line with maybe the fruit that God wants to see um, in my life. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. I'm kind of completely and utterly adrift here. Um, I did write some stuff down, but we're, 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 we're way off track here, uh, way off the map. Um, somebody come to my rescue. Who's got something they want to say? Yes, Lauren. 
Come and say it into the microphone. I thought uh, Helen said something really interesting, and she said we get this, we actually get this like portrayal of what an ideal life or a perfect life or what life should look like, whether it be on TV or social media, um, and sort of thinking about what actually is a fruitful life in our if if we're choosing to follow Jesus, how is it different? How is it any different to just trying to have a mindful great life like we see on Instagram or like what's the difference? That's good, thank you. That's kind of got me back on track. That's very helpful. Um, so one of the reasons I found that passage really, really helpful um, is because that idea of fruitfulness has come up a lot, like I say, with Sam in my spiritual direction. Because I really, really want to live a fruitful life. Like, I feel like I'm very driven to see fruit. Because I think, you know, life is kind of hard sometimes. Like, doing life well is quite difficult. Anybody found that? Anybody else trying to do life well? Yeah? Like, it's kind of hard, right? Like, doing life at all can be quite difficult. So if it's going to be hard, I kind of want to, you know, want to see some fruit from all that hard work. I don't think that's unreasonable. I think that's pretty reasonable. Um, but just how that's landed for me is that I found myself to be, like, super driven to see certain things, like, particularly when it comes to this church. Like, I want to see people being healed all the time. I want to see people discovering Jesus and rebuilding their lives around him. I want to see, like, people who've been dealt a really crappy hand in life actually being given a chance to turn that around and redeem themselves. You know, I want to see this church growing and multiplying in loads of tiny little clusters across this county. I want to see a church that, as a church, we, like, give our money away like it's nothing, like Jesus told us to, to just be radically inclusive and to, like, stand out radically by the ways that we just don't engage with the sexual ethics of our time. Like, these are the things that I want to see for us as a church. Like, these are the things that I want to see as the fruit of my job as a church leader. Now, and like, does anybody else want to see stuff like that? Like, that stuff's good, right? Do you think God wants to see that stuff? Yeah, he absolutely does. Of course he does. But I have this problem because, you see, if God wants to achieve stuff like that, he will. If God wants something to happen, it's going to happen. But it's going to get done his way. And it's not like it's, he's going to cut us out of the loop. God always works through people in the world. If he's going to do something in the world, he will do it through a person who's saying yes to him. That's just his MO. That's how he always works. So it's not like he doesn't want to do that stuff through me. It's not like he doesn't want to do that stuff through you. It's not like he doesn't want to do that stuff through us as a church. It's just that he wants to do it ever so slightly differently than the way that I'm trying to do it. Because when I'm thinking about that fruit, I want to try and make that stuff happen. You know, I want to try and work for that. I want to grind for that. I love grafting. I love working hard. Like, but did anybody notice the part in this passage where it talks about like trying to be fruitful? Did anybody see that? Like, where was the bit that we read earlier on where it was like, really try and bear some fruit? Like, we might well be wanting to see the same stuff, but what I want you to do is try. Like, come on, graft, behave yourself, follow the rules, work hard, be diligent. Anybody spot that bit? Does anybody want to come to my rescue and and tell me, what did Jesus say was the key to bearing that fruit? What did we do? Remain. Remain in him. Anybody got a slightly churchy background want to give me a slightly different word for that? Abide. Yes, some of us might have heard the word abide, because that's how some of the other translations would, would render that word. Remain in me, in the Father, in Jesus. Abide. What does abide mean? Anybody? Live. Yes. 
live with me. Jesus says, remain in me, abide in me, live with me, live in me, be connected to me, and you will bear much fruit. It's a great question. I don't know. Jesus said, remain in me, abide in me, live in me, be connected to me and you will bear much fruit. What do you think it means to abide in Jesus? What do you think it means? Uh, I'm being, you are being picked on. I'll, I'll stop picking on you. What does it mean to live with Jesus, to live in Jesus, to remain connected to him? Like, it's not a trap. What does that mean? Is it like to remember that throughout like our struggles, Jesus is there and like well, that classic, you know, along the beach thing, Jesus is there. And when, you know, we only see one set of footprints, that's because he's carrying us. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> so what Jesus is painting here is this picture of, of being completely in of living every day with the Father. You might remember a couple of weeks ago, we had a guy called Wes come and speak to us, and he was talking about a relationship with Father God. And as you're reading through John, you cannot avoid, Jesus is constantly talking about the Father. The Father, the Father, the Father. I only do what I see the Father doing. You know, it's constantly about his relationship with the Father and our relationship with the Father as a consequence. And Jesus is kind of bringing that stuff to land here. He's saying, if you want to see fruit in your life, if you want to see a fruitful life, if you want to see those things that I want to see, you ain't going to see them if you're trying and pushing and trying to behave yourself and being a good boy. You're going to do it by remaining in me, being in a relationship with me and trusting in me for the outcome. So for me, that means not striving. It means not trying to, pr- to be productive and fruitful and really actively ignoring and walking in the opposite direction from the voices and the influences that come my way and try and tempt me to do otherwise because they come along all the time. But instead, it's about prioritizing my relationship with Father God above all other things and letting the fruit take care of itself. Like you never see an apple tree really trying to make some apples really quickly. It just happens naturally, year in, year out. Speaking from experience, the only fruit I ever grew from striving was guilt, shame, discouragement, disappointment, anger, and bitterness. No thank you. You know, that's the kind of fruit that I can produce when I try. And I'm trying to do good stuff, but that was the fruit that I was producing. And since I've been on this journey with Sam and she's been kind of teaching me about relationship with the Father as a priority, I'm beginning to see some little tiny apples forming on the tree. And those apples are things like peace and love and joy and patience and gentleness and self-control and kindness and goodness. Things that I could never achieve in a lifetime of trying because those things do not come naturally to me. Things that could only be born by the Holy Spirit coming and living through me. Things that could only be born by me stopping to try and allowing God to bring that stuff out. This is the way that God wants to work through us in the world. 
Because when we read those fruits of the Spirit that Diane brought to us, some of them are for us, undeniably, but most of them are for other people. If we're spreading love and joy and peace into the world, that's fruit for others to enjoy. Like, if above all else, I want my life to be about other people. I don't know about you, I don't want to live a life about myself. That sounds rubbish. I want to live a life that benefits this world and benefits other people. And this is Jesus painting a path for us and saying, if you want to live that kind of life, you're not going to be able to do it by trying and striving. The only way to get there is by coming and being with me, prioritizing your relationship with me and letting the fruit speak for itself. Yeah, that's kind of where I wanted to end. So there we are. We got there. Hooray! Guys, thank you so much for your help. You were amazing. Thank especially you for helping me and I got completely and utterly lost. Um, so the kiddos are here. So let's welcome the kiddos back in. Embo, uh...